What's up, y'all? It's Be Dangerous with another edition of Dangerous Sports Talk. I'm a little bit late on this, but kind of not really, because they literally just aired the other two parts of The Last Dance tonight. But I want to start with the last episode. Of course, I was a little bit emotional, emotional, and it was the day before my birthday. And they dedicated that part of the episode to Kobe. He pretty much talked about Michael being a big brother to him. And yes, he did model his model his moves after Michael. But it's literally the domino effect. If it hadn't been for players like David Thompson, which is Michael Jordan's favorite fucking player, there would be no Jordan and there wouldn't be any Kobe and so on and so forth. So I just laugh when people say, oh, he stole Michael's moves and all this other shit. Michael didn't patent his moves, which he should have. And, my, and Kobe watched his technique, and he perfected it. He asked him, he asked him questions, he listened, he got the answers that he wanted, and he was the same type of animal that Michael was. And the more I really sit and watch how Michael's mind worked in his playing years, and I look at my own podcast and how I approach sports and how I call sports, it's literally, literally the same thing. People will call Michael a tyrant. He's being too hard on him. He's doing this. He did that. Well, he demanded the best from his teammates, and he had to be the way he was to get that. And I'm the same way. So, just when I thought I couldn't love Michael Jordan more than I already do, more shit comes up. But I'll get to all that in a minute. Scottie Pippen. I can't stress enough of how fucking proud I was of him the year after Michael Jordan retired because he really stepped up and showed what he could do as a leading man. And he produced, he put up MVP numbers, and the Bulls had gotten to the semifinals against the Knicks. And Patrick Ewing, I apologize to you because you thought your days of being posterized and bodied by a Bulls player was over when Michael retired. But Scotty made sure that. Scotty made sure that those days were not over just yet. Like that the one in Madison Square Garden that Jordan did on him. Because not only was it in Chicago, like he had gotten so much momentum that when he jumped and landed, he kept fucking moving. Like he, like his body, his momentum was still like moving as he was landing. And he stepped over Ewing, and that was that's what made that dunk more disrespectful than it was. But yeah, back to Jordan's mentality. It's literally one and the same. The sensitivity in people nowadays is just re-fucking-diculous because they expect people to be, for star players to be, nice guys and sugar-sweet and all this other shit. But when they're savages, oh, you're a tyrant, you're this, you're that. And in some cases, it's true, because people take their what little bit of power they do get when they're a star athlete, and they abuse that power to no fucking end. Jordan did what he had to do. He was a savage, he was an asshole, he was a dickhead, he was everything you could possibly imagine on an NBA team. But just tell me one thing. Did his teams win? In his prime, did his teams win or not? Okay, then. Hey, people will try so hard to discredit Michael. 
especially in the wizard years. First of fucking all, who really thought the wizards were going to do anything? Michael was up there in age, even though he was still averaging 20 a damn game. And he had found different aspects of his game to be more effective. No one expected Washington to do shit, especially with the roster that they had. With Jawan Howard, Chris Whitney, Rip Hamilton, Jahidi White. Like, seriously? Like, get the fuck out of here, man. But this documentary right now is giving every fucking body what they need. Including Latwat fans, even though they don't want to admit that they're watching. They'll watch, get pressed, make substats, and all this other shit. It's crazy. And another thing. Another thing. All this supposed shit about Jordan is coming up. Like, I seen a, I seen a, um, a post the other day saying that Michael denied Horace Grant his food because he had a bad game and all this other shit. And people are saying, oh, well, I would have knocked Jordan out and this and this and that. And I'm like, who's to say that that didn't happen? People will take whatever negatives about Jordan, and they'll be quick, quick to believe that. If you dare say that well, somebody else cheats on his wife, that's impossible. That couldn't possibly happen. Could ever do that to his queen, his ride or die, the woman that he's been with since high school, and blah, blah, blah. Well, if this, if that shit about Jordan is possible, then the other shit must be possible too, right? Because no one is perfect, but another discussion for another day. The docuseries is going to be wrapping up in about a couple days or so. I definitely will be back with more because a lot of the shit that they talk they talk about in the documentary a lot of us already knew like bulls fans and sports fans we already knew half the shit that was going on like especially why Isaiah didn't get in the dream team and jordan's comparison to drexler is what set him off and he said it before in his airtime documentary when the ball goes up there's going to be a difference between the two of us. I'm going to let you choose which is which. And there was. Michael was like, okay, there is no comparison. Because remember, in the 1984 draft, Portland picked Sam Bowie over him. And he always used that as motivation. Because he thought he should have been higher in the draft. But then Sam Bowie, who was injury riddled, was so literally a pick before he was until Chicago picked him at the championship parade. I thank God that Portland didn't draft me. And of course, that was a slap in the face to Portland because they kicked their asses every single day. Because they got Clyde Drexler, who took them to moderate success. But, of course, we know what happened there. 92 finals, Bulls won. Portland lost. And another thing. Scotty learned his savageness from Michael. So him playing behind Michael for like nine, maybe ten years, that gave him the confidence to do what he did in the 1993-94 season. And of course his presence in Portland when he was with the Blazers, that got, got them to where they were at. And yeah, that's pretty much going to wrap up this episode. I will be back with more about The Last Dance, and you guys have a good day.